This is Reimagining Healthcare, a podcast about innovation in the healthcare industry. It's a show for healthcare business owners, for healthcare professionals, for industry investors, and health tech entrepreneurs. On the show, I talk to health tech and healthcare innovators to uncover how they're reimagining and building a world of seamless digital healthcare experiences and how that fits into people's lives. I'm your host, Yanni Sopanos. Today, I'm speaking with Nicholas Domnich, CEO and partner at EES Health. It's a New York-based digital health agency designing and developing scalable infrastructure and customer applications. In this first part of the interview, Nick talks about building a digital health agency, who for, and what the digital agency does. We go into his vision for modernizing healthcare and taking on the system challenges or what Nick describes as the biggest reconstruction project the world has seen. We break down the key ecosystem problems that must be addressed to underpin the operation of a modern healthcare system. Let's jump in. Well, hey there, Nick. How are you doing today? Doing great, Annie. How are you? Very well, very well. Uh, how is life in New York City? It's great. Uh, good weather. Uh, very nice summer we're having. So I'm excited to, uh, to chat with you today, but everything here is good. Oh, good to hear. Good to hear. Fantastic. Well, I've been looking forward to this discussion because uh, you cover off quite a uh, variety of um, aspects of uh, digital health innovation uh, with the agency model. Uh, so I'm looking forward to sort of unpacking the the various things that you do there. So perhaps um, perhaps tell us your story. You know, uh, how long has uh, EES uh, been going and, um, and what led, I guess, to you getting together with your partners and putting together uh, what I think is a sort of a you know, not a, a very well-described uh, kind of emerging business model called a digital health agency. So tell me tell me more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I started off originally in finance and uh, I was working more on the innovative solutions within finance uh, for a regulatory agency and, you know, realized that I had a knack for, for tech and kind of working with different APIs from different data feeds uh, originally, we started out kind of doing, you know, I, I partnered with a buddy from college um, who is a, a wizard uh, at coding. So started off with that and went up launching a business where we kind of worked in software development as a whole. So any industry, any kind of problem, we were just interested in working on, you know, any difficult, complex problems that we could find better solutions for. And that kind of led us into a, a couple of different areas, whether it was it was finance, food and beverage. Uh, we launched a, a couple of small products and startups on the way. Um, but I'd say over the last three and a half years, uh, we've moved kind of all of our efforts towards digital health and healthcare. Uh, the specific reasoning for that is we, we'd kind of worked on a ton of projects to that point, uh, whether it was supply chain, whether it was uh, social networks or uh, all different types of, of different applications. Uh, the, the point where we felt the most gratification um, was working on something tangible that could have a positive impact on someone else, someone else and other people. And I think that healthcare kind of provided that for us as far as satisfying us for, uh, with what we're working on. But 
yeah, so I, I, you know, when COVID struck, a buddy called me up and we had worked on a couple of healthcare projects, but uh, we weren't fully uh, exclusively doing healthcare at that point. And he needed some help. He wanted to launch a, a ventilator company. He wanted to create a low cost mass producible ventilator. And my business partner and I, and, and a couple of other folks on our team kind of went up, helped out and helped create that. I saw the impact that we were able to have, uh, especially it was a nonprofit. So being able to bring together all these people that were coming out on their own to help and um, being in that environment and being around those types of people and seeing the talent and seeing the actual problems that were out there that might've seemed way too complex in the past to solve. Um, but there are ways to do it using technology. Now that kind of triggered this, uh, this feeling of this is where we need to be. These are the types of problems we need to be solving. And this is where we could make the most impact. And that's kind of how we got into it. Yeah. And, and there's always a, there's always that motivation around the healthcare experience. We can, we can all relate to it because uh, health is a universal uh, issue. And, um, you know, one of the things that um, I've uh, heard you talk about with some of your uh, marketing is, um, you know, taking on the biggest reconstruction project the world has seen. And then you, you, you mentioned healthcare. Why, why do you see it that way? Um, you know, that's, that's a big call. Yeah, well, I think that um, if you've seen how healthcare has evolved over time, right, the introduction of technology has kind of been bolted on to the healthcare industry. Uh, it was started with electronic health records and, and certain medical devices. But I think that has kind of continued to grow and led us into a place where there could be some more issues. Um, and that's why focusing on interoperability and making sure that those systems could talk to each other has been a main focus of ours. And I think that really getting to the crux of the issues is a systems thinking problem, not just like a logical or critical thinking problem. So getting to the, the, uh, the crux of those issues and finding out at a systems level and how the entire system works is way more of a reconstruction project than it is a, you know, an improvement or an update to an existing system. And I I, it really comes down to the, to the infrastructure is really what we're targeting first. And then from that infrastructure, we can layer on and build more and more. But uh, without starting at that base level to the core of the engine, I would say, of healthcare, um, it, it could be difficult along the way. To, to, there will be more problems that pop up. Nah, it's like fixing your plumbing with uh, tape uh, and, and gum. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, well, look, I, I think there's, that's um, definitely an area that I want us to uh, get deeper into in terms of the what are we going to do about it, you know, uh, type of thing. But before we, before we sort of go into that, I'm still, um, I still want to um, kind of talk about this idea of the um, digital health agency. So, so tell me about that concept within your business model. Um, why have you chosen that type of um, characterization for the business? Absolutely. I think it best describes what we do, right? So there are 
agencies for for all different types of businesses and we wanted to one separate ourselves as being digital health specific and two i think that there's and and what we've seen is there are a ton of people that are brilliant people that are working on uh, whether it be you know new forms of treatments um, new devices new uh, healthcare portals things of that nature that they don't have the tech talent necessarily to build something that is going to be, you know, able to reach mass and be a truly innovative, you know, on their own. And a lot of times people will go to whether it's hiring internally and, and that's, that's good sometimes. Uh, but I think it could be difficult to find the right talent and, or going externally to somebody that isn't as focused and specialized and you wind up, um, you know, kind of running into some issues along the way that you, you could have been stopped a lot earlier. Uh, so I think the the digital health agency part is us kind of as a whole understanding the different nuances of healthcare and things that we've been able to see over time uh, and incorporate that in and learn from them along the way. And um, in terms of the agency services, so you've, you've got a partnership, you've got a a variety of um, expertise that you've folded into uh, the EES uh, business model. Um, what, how would you describe those agency services? What are the key things that you focus on in helping uh, customers? And, um, and typically what type of customer defines uh, um, your business? Perfect. Yeah, so it could be, um, as far as the type of customer, some of them are, could be small startups that are working on uh, a new tech product, some type of digital health innovation and app. Uh, but as far as our services, you know, I would say it mostly comes down to custom software development, um, design. There's, I would say one of the largest is integrations um, because there's a lot of external systems that we're able to use and capitalize on kind of how far they've gone down the road to build these enterprise level applications that, you know, work for all different other types of industries, but they haven't necessarily been brought into healthcare. Uh, so in, integrating that as well as um, a lot of the systems in healthcare were built with proprietary technology um, and figuring out ways to allow those systems to talk to each other is a major problem right now, which is why there's a ton of interoperability talk. Uh, and the need for a lot of standards and new standards. But uh, I, I would say that that's one area. And then, you know, members of our team also have a tremendous, tremendous background in, in regulation, uh, which is always helpful, and, and especially for healthcare. There's definitely um, 100% agreement from my side as far as some of the challenges there in terms of uh, interconnectivity and interoperability. Those um, those customers that you're working with, what what other kind of uh, problems are you, could you sort of generalize the type of uh, additional problems that um, customers are coming to you uh, and they're saying, Nick and team, help me with this problem or that problem uh, from a, uh, a digital health strategy standpoint, what what's typically the type of thing that you're, um, you're finding out there? Yeah, so... And I don't know if I clarified before too, because some of the clients that we have are, are small startups. I didn't talk about the, there are some larger ones that we work with that have their own, you know, healthcare networks. They have uh, a bunch of clinics. They have all these different patients. There's multiple different issues that we kind of run into. Some of them are on the, 
integration of calendars across so that there's a unified calendar um, for all your providers and consumers to use. Uh, there's issues that people run into with launching their own telehealth uh, service. Pretty much the obtaining and and storing data whether that's patient data, whatever the providers are doing in a way that's easily accessible and then usable in a way that's valuable, that adds value. Uh, I would say that those are issues. And then separate from that on more of like the design and consulting side is I think that people in healthcare have had to put up with poor user experiences. Um, They're kind of forced into it because everyone needs healthcare, right? So People put up with whatever you give them, but I don't think that that's an excuse to have poor, you know, user experiences going forward in anything else that's built. So a lot of uh, a lot of our clients do also come to us and trust us to help them create a, a good, modern, scalable, and flexible, you know, user experience that can be changed and evolve over time. Uh, kind of versus these older, more antiquated uh, and clunky systems. Yeah, um, that's a very fairly familiar uh, kind of uh, experience that I've been observing uh, here in um, Australia as well. You know, the uh, some of the things that I'm relating to is um, that the system, because we are talking about the system of healthcare, um, and by definition, the system being um, all of the um, individual proprietary software that operate autonomously and in silos uh, that don't have uh, sort of common standards. Arguably, there's some common standards with the emergence of um, uh, cloud um, software as a service, for example, mobile application development via the API and the type of um, global IT standards that have evolved over time. So there are there are standards. I'm not I'm not suggesting there are no standards, but um, with respect to healthcare information, uh, the sharing of healthcare information, the ability to support continuity of care. Uh, between a provider and a client, uh, between provider to provider, those things are still works in progress. There's a long way to go. And in addition to that, you also have the um, culture that needs to evolve concurrently with the evolution at the system level. So some of the things I'll describe, um, which um, we've talked to um, in the past, are things like, um, you know, tech debt. People are building products. It takes a long time to get your foot in the door in healthcare. So uh, you have a uh, foundation built within your software that, um, you know, five years later, the cloud providers, the Azures, the AWSs of the world, the Google platforms have uh, introduced new and faster and better ways to do things. Um, it's a bit, you know, for those who aren't really technically minded, it's a bit like, you know, one at one point in uh, the world's history, uh, calculators didn't exist and people were using, um, you know, uh, sticks on sand and um, strings and abacuses to do calculations. And now we have a lot of calculation that's just done automatically within a device or within a piece of software. So that allows human beings to sort of move on and use their brains for other types of innovations. Uh, So when you sort of uh, think about that metaphorically in the context of healthcare, you have um, a, a legacy and a litany of systems that are all types of ages, all types of um, generations of uh, technology 
that um, uh, for their own reasons uh, don't really want to change as quickly as the world is changing. And so um, that technical debt, that rebuilding that's needed to actually uh, bring everything up to, let's say, a more efficient and effective way of uh, doing things like interoperability, uh, interoperability is a real challenge. Um, and so, you know, tech debt's a big issue. What, do you, what are your thoughts about um, uh, that overview, I guess? No, I think that's a great overview. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I do think that, so what, some of the things that we work on are to help remove that technical debt. Um, normally people would think, oh, we have to bring in this new, completely uh, radical, modern system. Uh, a lot of the things that we work on are keeping the ability to leverage some of those legacy systems uh, and transfer information from them. Like you said too, there are, cultural changes, right? So um, somebody might have been doing this job for the last, you know, 20 years, and they know how to use this specific system. And that's what helps the flow of operations of that specific practice, uh, you know, stay intact. That's fine. And I think that it's fine for now. (laughs) That's fine. In the sense that, you know, being able to use technology, you know, and us to create a solution that might connect that legacy system to the new system, maybe be able to run those two systems in parallel until your staff is comfortable with the second system. Uh, But ultimately moving from, you know, this system that you're thinking from a technical debt perspective that it's just, you know, you spent all this money, you might've paid a ton of money to to other consultants and stuff to set it up. Um, You've been paying it for a very long time. You have all your data in there. The cost of migration you think is going to be super high. It's, it's finding that whether that's through an application or some other means of there are better ways to do it than continue to use those legacy systems as is. And I think that if people don't want to change, those that don't continue to evolve will eventually be left behind in this field because I, I could see this continuing to to grow and boom for at least the next 10 years of of some bitty, pretty big uh, transformation in the industry. Absolutely. Uh, the only thing that never changes is change itself. So, you know, we um, we see that constant evolution. And it's um, part of my experience. I'm, inter- I'm interested in whether it's similar uh, in the U.S. from your point of view, Nick. Uh, we um, what we observe here is that there's a part of the healthcare system that is highly regulated, so much so that um, it actually prevents cultural and systemic innovation from moving very rapidly. Things take a lot of time, and so that's mainly in the medical uh, fields. Whereas um, in the broader healthcare uh, ecosystem. Uh, where issues around mental health and musculoskeletal health and diet nutrition across a variety of settings, um, age, uh, disability, um, just general wellness, things of that nature, employment. Um, We're finding that um, uh, there are less regulations and less um, standards to overcome uh, to, to an extent from a system standpoint. Uh, with the exception of things like privacy and security and some of the claiming and insurance um, uh, payers uh, in this particular area. Uh, but um, what we see is a greater uh, a greater willingness to adopt um, any tech or what I call any tech 
uh, being basically technology that's not purpose-built for healthcare, but provides value and utility uh, that can be used within healthcare. Um, what are you seeing in, in your part of the world? And how do you see that in terms of uh, things like overcoming adoption rates from um, the healthcare uh, ecosystem, uh, you know, dealing with data silos that you mentioned earlier, um, you know, overcoming some of those tech debt uh, type um, challenges and uh, perhaps even um, overcoming the proliferation of more fragmentation, you know, within the, uh, the system realm and how people are going to, you know, be able to design healthcare services with all of these bits and bobs of systems all over the place. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I I would definitely agree with what you said about the general wellness community adopting, being more likely to adopt those newer technologies. And I do think that the the lower regulations and standards that they need to meet at this point uh, is definitely helping that. What I do think that does is it continues to put pressure on the rest of the system to evolve um, because there's a reason that people are switching to those newer, more modern systems. Um, What I will say too about making sure that we're not going to create more fragmentation is uh, one of the big focuses that we've been working on is building digital health ecosystems. So building an infrastructure that's able to bring in, you know, like a marketplace, uh, multiple different types of services, making sure that those modern systems that you're building, those newer improved systems, whether it's for for health and wellness um, and might be evolved more into a more medical specific type of application. Um, I would say build them to be flexible enough to be able to work, you know, in the future. I think what we don't want is to continue down this trend of continuing to build more and more the next best solution, let's say the next best solution for this specific area. without taking into consideration the broader uh, ecosystem and the broader healthcare system. And because the real gains that we're going to be able to get out of all these new and improved technologies are going to be when they're, you know, synced together in, in a sense, and when they're working together as a collective system, um, the information that we're going to be able to get, the new insights that we're going to be able to get, the increase in efficiency over time. Uh, We don't want to create more barriers. So that's why, you know, implementing some of the newest standards, whether that's the newest single sign-on standards, whether that's, you know, HL7 standards and making sure that, um, you know, data is formatted in the right way. But continuing to keep those in mind, anybody that's out there building a new product, because the adoption of those systems too is is a lot of the times going to play a factor on, how it's built um, because the scalability and the usability across the entire ecosystem is, is important. Yeah, I I hundred percent agree, Nick. So why don't we, why don't we turn our minds towards the, I guess the, you know, the going forward, you know, we've sort of looked at some of the problems uh, in the system um, and looking at how a digital health agency can actually um, play a role in uh, bringing these systems together and having a kind of a over-the-top view of these problems and how to actually um, deal with it. So how do you 
how do you see your own efforts and perhaps others like you um, being able to help these systems, help all these siloed um, systems uh, come together? You've already talked about interoperability and that might be a, a good place to start because I, I guess that's kind of the infrastructure level that you're alluding to um, at the outset. So tell me a little bit about what are we going to do about this, Nick? How do we how do we move this thing forward? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, you know, it is going to be a collective uh, contribution from, you know, not just our company, other companies like us, other companies that are going to work with companies like us. Um, that, that's very important going forward. So the, as we look at going forward, the interoperability one, I think that, you know, there are new committees. I don't know about in, in Australia, but I know that there's a lot on the regulatory side kind of pushing for interoperability. Uh, they see the value there and they're trying to find different ways to make this come to fruition. Uh, as far as a digital health agency and you know other tech partners in the field, creating solutions that can work well together um, and potentially sit in one broader uh, healthcare ecosystem. So whether that's digital or in-person experiences, you see all of these different telehealth marketplaces opening up. You see um, digital therapeutics, you see IOMT and, and all of these things. There is There needs to be a place um, that has the ability and you, know, you see some people moving towards it. There's Microsoft Health Cloud. Um, we're working with a client, Anonio out of Boston, um, you know, doing great things. I think more people that are taking into consideration uh, the implementation of standards, the creation of standards, and making sure, and I also think that a, it, it's not just uh, tech partners, right? It is, it's regulators, it's healthcare providers, it's maybe the most important consumers, being able to get the buy-in from people, being able to get feedback and build that into the system as we continue to create the future of healthcare. Um, so that, yeah, I, I don't know if I fully answered the question, but I know that, that that's like a, that's a, there's a lot we could dive in on there. Um, if you want to kind of I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to. I guess. I guess. Just coming back to the um, the agency approach. So, what kind of what kind of tools are in your kit bag of um, uh, of tools to be able to offer clients in solving some of these problems? How, uh, you know, are you kind of looking at everything from a pure consultation standpoint, and um, you know, looking at the individual circumstances? Are you um, are you, on the other hand, um, not doing the consultation piece, but actually designing to specifications? Or do you have some, for lack of a better term, some widgets that you can bring into play? Do you kind of look at how how to blend, you know, the existing system landscape with that, you know, that new piece that ne- that's needed to actually bring it together? What What's in your toolkit when you sort of go about engaging with some of the challenges and problems that your clients are bringing to you? Absolutely. So I think... One in our toolkit is we have plenty of tooling that we've built up over time um, that's specifically for healthcare. So in any of our development, you know, as we continue to build out different projects, um, we have 
we could leverage our resources, you know, of, of past work to be able to create uh, things easier going forward. We've created widgets uh, like you alluded to before. I would say uh, we do, you know, depending on the use case, depending on the, on the scenario with the client, we do kind of do the, the consulting aspect of figuring out what the product that they're trying to build is. Uh, but I think more importantly, going further than that, helping with what the business model it could be, uh, how this fits into the broader healthcare ecosystem, helping to generate new partnerships uh, with one, some of our tech partners, two other companies that we work with. And I, you know, the, I would say the the main advantage is that you, there's a lot of people that let's say they're trying to modernize their systems and they get these uh, like Microsoft health cloud, for example, or um, AWS, right? There, there's different tools and things that are already built in there. Uh, I would say that 80% of that is, is great for you, but there is that extra 20% of work that makes it custom for your specific operation. Um, you know, how you need it to scale, who it's being built for. And I think that there's this, uh, misunderstanding that the experience has to either be for providers or for consumers. But if you build the infrastructure in a way that's flexible and interoperable on top of that layer, right, you could build other tools. And this is how we kind of operate, build other tools that are going to now fuel the the top layer, which is the the application layer that consumers and providers are going to use uh, and each of those middle layer tools can be reused in different ways. So you could provide totally different experiences for consumer, for a provider that are based on, you know, your specific users, your specific need. Uh, so that that extra 20% of, of effort from a company like us um, is what makes it special to you and custom to you and also adds on that additional, you know, ability to, to be scalable and continue your operations and optimize, you know, some of these other products that were built, uh, for lack of a better term, you know, cookie cutter type of products that need to be built upon. Thanks for listening. Next week, we pick up the talk with Nick and move the discussion further into how we're overcoming the system challenges. Also, using system thinking and explaining things like modularity, interoperability, and scalability within digital health. And also, how do we use existing as well as novel systems together? And what does that mean? Speak to you then. This podcast is produced in collaboration with HealthTechX, where we are working toward a world of integrated digital health empowerment for all people. If you'd like more info on how to get involved, head over to the website, healthtechx.com. Or if you have any feedback about the show, you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Instagram, or email by following the links in this episode's show notes. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to Reimagining Healthcare in your podcast app. And if you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review. It really helps other people find the show. I'm your host, Yanni Sopanos, and I'll speak to you in our next episode.